the jackpot is the same as the adopts I don't know uh, <laughs> discovery okay anyway Barkato uh, the Mishnah so we discussed yesterday the debate about um, a, using planks, um, whether there was a concern that that would, um, um, whether, oh, that's not working, anyway, we'll just keep on going, whether the, um, whether the using of planks would, um, would, uh, I'm sorry, now I'm distracted with it. Okay, we discussed whether the using of the planks would, um, um, was a concern altogether, whether it would make it look like you're in your house. Um, clearly, uh, Rebbe Mayer holds that it's a concern. The question is, is about whether Rebbe Huda fundamentally disagrees or whether it's just a question of uh, parameters, where Rebbe Mayer would say it's a problem um, with three tfachim, whereas Rebbe Huda would say that it's a problem only once you get to four tfachim. Okay, so that was the question about the debate of Rebbe Mayer and Rebbe Huda with the issue of the plank. Um, and we also had the important principle that uh, even if it's close, even if the, that even if it's for Tzvachim, the sukkah is not invalid. You just can't sleep under it, and we'll see, be seeing more of that as we continue. The question of what invalidates the sukkah and at what stage can you not sleep under something? So let's take a look now at the Mishnah. It seems to be to some degree a continuation of the previous debate. Rabbi, Linder, I'm sorry, when it says you can't sleep under it, does that assume also you can't eat under it? Yes, yes. Sleeping is a good point. That although we really only eat in a sukkah, um, in the Mishnah. Uh, it totally assumes you're both sleeping and eating and in a ways sleeping is considered the more primary form of inhabiting a place um, eating you could do temporary eating outside of a sukkah you're not allowed to do temporary sleeping outside of a sukkah so sleeping is used as the as the best example of what it means to live in a place okay so let's look at the Mishnah if you have a roof that does not have plaster so basically you have a roof of planks of planks of, of planks of wood um, which is technically kosher schach um, but it uh, has the issue we mentioned before about the, about the rabbinic problem so Rabbi Yehuda so Rabbi Yehuda says this is the debate of Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel Beit Shammai number one you, do, you have to do two things you have to lift up and put down every board and number two you have to replace every alternate board with kosher schach Okay, so he basically feels it's puzzle schach. Somehow by alternating kosher and puzzle schach, that will solve the problem. That maybe gets into issues we discussed before about rove and similar types of questions. Um, and uh, it's not exactly clear why if you're replacing the middle, you also have to lift up and put down the ones you, you retain. But he says you need both. We'll see about that in the Gemara. One or the other. Lift up and put down or replace every alternate board with kosher schach, with normal schach. Um, Rebbe Meir Omer, Rebbe Meir says, no The only thing you can do is replace the alternate boards. So there's obviously some problem using these uh, boards that normally serve as your rooftop without plaster. Now, to some degree, it could be the issue we mentioned before, or that's most obvious, that it's the rabbinic problem of using planks of wood. Um, and the alternative problem is, is that you, in practice, we're using this as your rooftop. So maybe even if it's not a problem about using, uh, maybe even if it's totally kosher schach, you'd have to redefine this place as no longer being your house and as being your sukkah. So maybe even if there's no problem with the planks of wood per se, but if it was put up to be your house, now you have to lift it up and put it back down to serve as your sukkah. That certainly seems to be the explanation of Beit Hillel according to Rabbi Yehuda. Right? He does not ask that you replace the alternate schach. He says lift it up and put it down. If you're lifting it up and putting it down, clearly there's no problem with the planks themselves. The only problem is with what intent were they put up. So they were put up to be your house. Now lift it up and put it down to be your sukkah. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at the Gemara. What was the plank? 
plank is did we hear that the problem in itself is a plank that Minha Asui? I mean No, the plank not until now. Until now the planks have been possibly an issue of a of a rabbinic because you'll it looks like your house. But right. here we are actually dealing with a tikra, which something that actually had been serving as a roof. Right. So here the problem could be the taset below Minha Asui problem that it was made okay. for the purpose of your house and not for the purpose of sukkah. That certainly fits with Beit Hillel. Let's take a look at the Gemara. Bishlema Beit Hillel Tamayulti exactly channeled Dovluria uh, or vice versa. It makes sense that Beit Hillel Tamayu Mishum Tasev Alumin Asui. Their problem is that it's a, you should make it and it shouldn't be pre-made. Now this is pre-made in the sense that so it's kosher schach but it was made as a house and it can't automatically become a sukkah so you, you need to make it again as a sukkah. If you up, you know, pick it up and put it down, you're doing a new act. Now you're making it as a schach, as a sukkah, as a sukkah. And if you switch the alternate ones, maybe even forgetting ideas of rove. Maybe that's just maybe doing an action with the majority of the things defines the entirety of the thing. So maybe that makes it like you remade the schach by remaking every, every other word. So either way, the problem is that intrinsically it's kosher schach, but the problem is you have to put it up for the sake of shade. That's fine. Ella, Beit Shammai, Mai Tamayu. What's Beit Shammai's reasoning that they say you need to do both? If it's intrinsically kosher schach, and the only problem is why it was put up. So Bechadasaki. So just do one. Either certainly lifting up and putting down should suffice, right? So why do you need to do that and to alternate? Imishum gzeres tikra. Now let's say the problem is like we mentioned in the previous Mishnah. These are the wide boards, and therefore the, it's rabbinically the, the boards are intrinsically invalid. Forget why you put them up. It's the rabbinic invalidity of boards, the gzeres that you're of, of roofs. So if that's true, so lifting it up and putting it down doesn't do anything, right? If the plank of wood is puzzle rabbinically, lifting it up and putting it down is not going to make it kosher. So you could tell me that if you alternate the kosher with puzzle, that then it will go by majority somehow. That I could buy. Okay, but I don't understand why that, how that's enhanced by lifting it up and putting it down. That doesn't do anything if it's puzzle schach. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says like this. Um, so, you know what? You're right. It's rabbinically invalid because of because of beams that are used for rooftops. Okay, so then why? What's the point of picking it up and putting it down? That doesn't make it kosher. The hachikami. This is what Beit Shammai is saying. Even if you lift it up and put it down, that doesn't do anything for you. You know what? In if you replace the alternate ones, yes. Ilolo, and if you don't replace the alternate ones, no. So meaning that Shammai is really not saying you need both. They're really saying, lifting it up and putting it down, Gornish Helfin, because this is Pasel Schach, and the only thing that is going to help is replacing the alternate pieces. Okay, so that's what Beit Shammai is saying. Just replace the alternate pieces. And Beit Hillel is saying, no, it's basically kosher schach. Just lift it up and put it down so you'll make it for the purpose of schach. Okay, so that's the debate. Is it kosher schach or puzzle intrinsically? So the Gemara says... Um, one minute if that's the debate of Beit Hillel Beit Shammai let's look at the end of the mission that's what Rebbe Yehuda says let's look at Rebbe Meir's position Rebbe Meir, Omer, Rebbe Meir says the only thing you can do is replace the alternate ones do not lift it up and put it down it won't help you because the schach is puzzle remember Rebbe Meir is the one who holds of the gzera of, tick, of, of using planks 
So he says, I'm not, uh, lifting up an atom is still an invalid plan. The only thing you can do is replace the alternate ones. So the Gemara says, okay, Rebbe Meir, Haini Beit Shammai, according to the way you explained Beit Shammai, they're saying, Rebbe Meir is saying the position of Beit Shammai, that's exactly what Beit Shammai is saying, that lifting it up and putting it down is, 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 is you know, irrelevant. The only thing that helps is replacing the alternate ones. Well, that's exactly what Rebbe Meir says. So how could that be? Why would Rebbe Meir ever adopt the Beit Shammai position? So Hachi Kaman, no, this is what Rebbe Meir is saying. Lo nechuku Beit Shammai Beit no, Rabbi Yehuda says it's a debate of Beit Hillel Beit Shammai, which basically means Rabbi Yehuda saying, "Hey, Rabbi Mayer, you are a Beit Shammai position. You that you don't like the planks, and you think that there's exera about planks, and you need us to, and you need to replace the planks with kosher schach. That, that that's very nice. That's Beit Shammai. I'm going like Beit Hillel. Beit Hillel says planks are totally fine. It's, if they were made for your roof, you pick them up, you put them down, you do a new action, but the planks are totally fine. And Rabbi Mayer says that. Uh, excuse me, that was not the debate. There was no debate. My position is the consensus. Everybody actually says what I'm saying. So there's a debate of Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Meir if there's a debate of Beit Hillel Beit Okay? So now, but now we still are back to the two basic positions where Rabbi Huda is saying it's Kadosh Chach. You just have to lift it up and put it down because it was made to serve as a rooftop for, for the normal year. And Rabbi Meir says it's invalid and you have to, and you have to replace it with the alternate ones. Okay, now, the Gemara says, let's, now, my Kamashmalan, so then what is this mission teaching me? What is at the core of this debate, whether the planks are kosher or not? The Rebbe Meir, Eastlake, Zerah, Tikra, the core of the debate is that Rebbe Meir holds of the Zerah of using planks of wood. Rebbe Huda lays like Zerah, Tikra, and Rebbe Huda does not hold of that Zerah. Right? That's going back to the previous Mishnah. That's the debate here. Whether there's an addition, whether the, the planks are intrinsically invalid. They already debated that in the previous Mishnah. No, we taught yesterday. Rebuta says you can use planks of wood. Rebbe Meir says you can't. So that's just applying the debate here. Rebbe Meir says even if you pick them up and put it down, they're still invalid planks. You've got to replace alternate ones at least. And Rebuta says they're not invalid. Just pick it up and put it down. So the Gemara says, so why are you repeating the debate? So I'm Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, I'm Rabbi Yochanan, Reisha B'Nisarim Meshufi Maskinan, Obushum Gzeres Kering Naguba. So he has a radical reread of yesterday's Mishnah. Yesterday's Mishnah about using planks of wood is not about a concern of rooftops. There is not a debate of planks for rooftops if they're, um, well, let me rephrase that. If the planks are wide, like, are really used for a roof and are wide enough for that, like our Mishnah, yes, there'll be a Xerah's Tikra, and that's the debate of our Mishnah, today's Mishnah, whether there is a Xerah of wide planks of wood. Let's say the planks of wood are not wide. Yesterday we said, and everybody would say it's okay. He says, no, I'm going to create a new problem. Let's say it's a thinner plank of wood, but it's nice and it's, um, it's a sanded down. Yes. It's, uh, so, so nice. it's, well, one minute. So it's nice, you know, you basically have made it so it's nice and it's made and it's manufactured and it's smooth. So it's, now that's technically not a cleat because it's wood and it doesn't have a base keyboard, a receptacle. But it's something that could very easily be used in practical terms as a cleave. On the way of being made as a cleave, it's nice and it's sanded and so on. So maybe the debate before was not wide planks of wood and Xerah's Tikra. That's our debate. The debate before was thin planks of wood and whether that's a concern that it's too close to being a vessel. A completely different debate. We were, total, we were totally right. The two by four. We were totally wrong yesterday. It wasn't about it looking like a rooftop. It was about it looking too much like a vessel. So the Gemara does not like that. The Gemara says, um, One minute. But a few days before that, we taught, 
that if you used um, male um, sort of a pegs, a wooden pegs, it's kosher because there's no uh, receptacle. If you use female uh, wooden pegs, like, you know, like you sort of would screw them together, so that would be, in, that would be uh, invalid because that has a, uh, that, that has a receptacle. Right? I don't know, whatever. A long, short, uh, whatever it doesn't make. Okay, it's nevertheless, you can't, so there you see, you're use, you can use the male ones even though they are totally vessels. They're smooth, they're usable, they're pegs. He doesn't care that it looks like a vessel. Halachically, it's not a, it's not, it's not, in laws of Tumatara, it's not a vessel. It's not a problem. The low guzz is the Kharimatunikevos. He's not concerned that if we let you use the male types, you'll use the female one. So, there's no concern that you can't use wooden things that look like a vessel. It has to really be a vessel. So, here too, we shouldn't, we shouldn't make this Gzera. So, according to, you know, we don't want to start introducing an idea that non kalim should be problematic because they look like kalim, because on the way of looking like kalim. That's not true. If it's not a clear, you're okay. That is not what's going on in the previous mission. So if yesterday's mission is like we said yesterday, a concern of wide planks, because it looks like a rooftop, then what's the point of repeating the debate here? So that we're back to that question. No, let's see the answer. Ella tikra. The same tikra. So we see that we're not introducing a new zera. So the problem yesterday was wide planks and it looks like a rooftop. And now we're saying that's exactly what they're debating here. Whether those planks have to be replaced or can they just be picked up and put down. Why do you have to debate twice? Gemara says, Seifa, Rabbi Yehuda, the Ka'amalele, Rabbi Meir. No, you're right. You know what? It's not a new debate. Rabbi Yehuda is just sort of, you know, trying to drive home his point. And here's what he's saying to Rabbi Meir. He's saying, says, Rabbi Meir, what's bothering you in the previous mission? You don't like planks. You think that it's a problem because it looks like a rooftop? You should know. Um, That's what you've been saying because there's a debate of Beit Shammai about lifting up and putting down that only Beit Shammai requires replacing. What do you mean? All these planks are not a problem. So what, what are you doing adopting the Beit Shammai position? Um, that's not Beit Hillel's problem. If you lift it up, put it down, you make it for schach, fine. It's only Beit Shammai that doesn't like the planks. I'm a Rebbe Mayor, and Rebbe Mayor says back to him, Excuse me, I don't believe it's a debate of Beit Shammai. What I believe that I'm saying is Divrei Hakol, and that there is a problem with planks. So a very nice explanation. Our mission is a straight application of the debate of Rebbe Yehuda and Rebbe Mayor. The only Kiddush is, is that, well, first, is that um, if it was already being used as a rooftop, in practice, let's get to the fact that there's an aspect of schach that cannot be quantified. It's not about its physical properties, but it's the reality that it was used for a sort of a, for a real rooftop during the rest of the year. That makes it not schach, so that you would have to lift it up and put it back down. Okay, but that's what Beitilo says. But otherwise, it's not a problem if you don't believe planks are a problem. If you do believe planks are a problem, then if you alternate the kosher ones, it's okay. Kosher with puzzle. Now, it's not so clear why alternating makes it good. Right? Because, you know, because so what? You still have half puzzle, half kosher. You say that 50-50 is okay. You look at it as the majority. Remember, we learned before that even when we say you look at the majority, you need it to be intermingled. Here it's not intermingled. Here it's side by side. So why would that be okay, even if you did, you know, intersperse it? So I'll get back to that in a minute. Let's just get to the Mishnah. But that's actually, the, I think, the more interesting part of the Mishnah, that the Gemara is not drawing out as part of the Chiddush. Yeah, I mean, 
Well, where would you sit? Well, one way to understand it is just if it alternates, you go by the majority or you go by 50%, and if 50% is kosher, you look at the totality and you say that it's kosher. But the problem is that until now, A, we thought you needed 51%. We're going to get to that in a second. But B, we thought we needed it intermingled, and it's not intermingled here. So how does that solve it? So since I raise it, I'll just tell you. Tomorrow later we'll discuss it. But basically, the idea is like this. You know, if you have here, right, well, I'm trying to think how you do it. This is like the puzzle stuff. These are the planes. Right? And this is the kosher stock. Okay? So, it's just together. You alternate like Ford's Fawcett. Ford's Fawcett of each. It's not, if, if, where would you sit? Right? This thing, like, you know, and why is it a kosher sukkah if it's not looked at one mass? So one explanation the Gemara gives is that you start on the other side in the reverse order. So by the time you get to the middle, you actually have eight fachim, and you bend and the walls, and, and you bend the walls, and you say dofen akuma. Okay, that's an answer the Gemara gives later. That's not the pshat here. And the pshat here really is, fits with the position we will see later, which we don't paskin like, but a position that says that fourth fachim of pasul schach does not invalidate a sukkah. The sukkah is kosher, even though, even though it alternates. The only thing is, you can't sit under the kashras, under the pasuskach, but it doesn't invalidate the sukkah. Remember the previous Mishnah said, if you have a plank, just don't sit under it. So the simple reading of that is not dofen akuma, which is what I was saying yesterday. I was sort of introducing that from Rashi. The simple reading is, okay, you got four tzvachim of pasuskach, fine, it doesn't invalidate the sukkah. The sukkah's kosher. They're just sections which are kosher and sections which are, which, which are pasuk. It's all a kosher sukkah, but you can only sit under the kosher schach. Okay? And that would be the point of our mitzvah. Alternate it, so that you... So, and if you alternate, at least you will have still a kosher sukkah, because Ford's fachim does not invalidate. Okay? And just make sure to sit under the kosher schach. But actually, we don't paskin that way, but that is the simple read of the Mishnah. That, that you don't have to say it's all kosher. It's all... Like, that would be if it's intermingled. You just have to say, make sure you're sitting under the kosher section. Yes. Right. Why, is, why do we keep using the language of it like, like let's huh? kazik a clean in other words it's not the language here like it really is sort of part it's, it's some stage on the way yeah but it's not a halachic vessel yet so we only have no, you could say let's create a new standard of vessels but you know what the same is true by like mukta purposes where in terms of defining what's a vessel for mukta we often look at tumantara why? why is that relevant for sukkah? why is that relevant for tumantara? well for sukkah it is relevant because the principle is not clean you remember the principle by sukkah is makabal tum so by sukkah it's totally relevant okay by other cases it's just if we have an entire 30 prakim the seches kalim is 30 prakim long okay we never learn it but if we have 30 prakim of shas devoted to what's kalim and we have a halacha that cares about kalim we're probably going to use those models because those are very well developed models okay but anyway but here anyway it's not in principle a point about kli it's a point about makabal tumah alright let's finish this up so the Gemara says like this so now you've explained this Mishnah beautifully according to Rav that it's a debate of the debate of Reb Yehud and Reb Meir about, um, about, uh, about whether we have Xeris Tikra remember Rav said that it was a categorical debate that Reb Yehuda didn't hold of any Xeris Tikra you could use planks absolutely no problem Reb Meir held of it and that's exactly what they're debating here can you use the planks on your rooftop if you pick them up and put them down that's fine according to Rav because Reb Yehuda completely rejects any concern of using planks 
that even when they have four Tzvachim they debate the Rebbe Meir that's fine then we can explain that they're debating the rooftop here because a standard rooftop if it was a real rooftop the Gemara assumes it would obviously have planks that were four Tzvachim wide like the Gemara is not even willing to consider the alternative if it's something that's really used as your rooftop during the year then your planks I guess there's beams anyway but your planks will be four Tzvachim wide so that works according to Rob that even there Rebbe Huda rejects the problem and Rebbe Mayor holds of the problem. They only debate less than Fort But if it's Fort everybody says it's invalid. And again, the Gemara will only is willing to consider that a house will be made with uh, planks of wood that are Fort wide. So if that's true, what's uh, why is Rebuda saying it's okay? You've got to, you, he should hold that these planks are a problem. So, safe for my Kligi, what are they debating at the end? So the Gemara says, No, then it actually the end can make things better. You could be negating the wall, the, the roof. Marsavar butla bahachi, it's negated. Marsavar lo butla, it's not negated. Now, what does that mean? Talk about a sort of cryptic end to a discussion. We're so clear until this point. So what the Gemara is saying is like this: Until now, we've been assuming that either, the fact that it's a regular rooftop during the year makes it more problematic. Right, because it's now defined as a permanent roof. And therefore, even if the planks are okay, you have to lift it up and put it down in order to define it as now schach. What the Gemara is saying is, maybe we could even be saying that this is making it better. Better than the normal invalid schach. A normal plank is invalid. Why? It's normally invalid because it'll look like you're making it for your, as a normal roof. But if you go up there and something that was your normal roof and you lift it up and you put it down, you're basically making like a big announcement. I know that this is not, you know, this type of normal roof isn't good and this is only good to them doing it intentionally for schach. And somehow doing that and lifting it up and putting it down all of a sudden makes it valid. Now, that, and therefore, yes, Rebbe Yudah holds that there's a problem. This mission is a big critic. The Rebbe Yudah is saying lifting it up and putting down can transform it and make it clear that it actually is not seen as a rooftop but seen as schach. Um, and maybe that's why it could explain Beit Shammai, who needs both. But if you do two things, you redefine its identity. But doing only one thing doesn't redefine its identity. But you have to admit it's quite bizarre, because we ended yesterday by saying that this plank of wood, even if you positioned it like this, in a very unusual way, and even if it wasn't functioning as a normal plank, right? Remember, if you turn it 90 degrees, it's still that it's still invalid. Once the rabbi said it's invalid, they made it like a bar, like a like you know a, a metal pipe, right? So it doesn't matter. It's intrinsically invalid. I don't care if you do something to demonstrate you're not. It's not a rooftop. It doesn't matter. And now all of a sudden we're saying you take this stuff which is rabbinically invalid, you lift it up and put it down, oh, now it's okay, right? And in general, we hate it when, we, you know, our general principle is like low plum. Somebody's going to come along and say, oh, you made something a problem because you're afraid about this? Don't worry, I got it taken care of. I'm going to do this and this and it won't be a problem for me. What, what do we say? Are you kidding? Like, it's a general rule. We're not going to start making distinctions like that based on each individual person. So, and here, all of a sudden, in order to fit it according to Shmuel, we're saying, how does it become good according to Rebuna? You lift up and then, oh, now you've made it clear what this is about so therefore the Gzera goes away okay it's a very difficult sort of explanation of the Mishnah the simpler explanation of the Mishnah is clearly like Rav that they debate even you know Rebuta categorically rejects the problem and therefore he has no problem with the planks the biggest problem would be that it was used for your house 
so tasa v'lolina asoi, so you lift it up and down, but fundamentally the planks are okay. Okay, so it works, the sugya works a lot better according to Rav. This is going to be true later as well. Like the sugyas work better according to Rav, and even though normally we paskin by Rav in areas of Isser, we wind up paskin like Shmuel in most of these cases. But this explanation clearly it seems like it's a categorical debate, and, and Rav's read of the previous mission works well here. It's the continuation of that debate. I, I assume that okay. bamboo is no problem because it's a third of a tefak. No, it's, so it's thin, right. It's yeah, thin. exactly. The fact that they're hollow doesn't matter. Um, right, because it's not a, well, um, yes, meaning how do you define base kibble? Um, first of all, bamboo is not wood, right? It's grass. Bamboo is, well, I don't know. Actually, I mean, they're trees. It's a yeah. trunk of a tree. Yeah, yeah but bamboo it is a trunk of a tree. It is? Yes, yeah, yeah they're bamboo yes. trees. But so are banana trees. Too. All right, anyway, anyway, it is an interesting question that something that's a base kibble that is not really, that is not really, there's two things about that. Number one is that that's natural and it wasn't fashioned that way. So that's the primary issue. The other thing is, it is an interesting question about pipes where um, something like, you know, if it's, positioned in one way it's not like made for reta- for holding something but it will because of it's like natural curvature you know yeah. but it's basically made things will naturally go through it based on how it's oriented so anyway but yes a bamboo is not a problem the primary issue is that it's not fashioned okay let's take a look at the next mission so we discussed before the idea of alternating kosher with puzzle and at the time I said you know that it's uh, it, it might be after red like okay the sukkah is kosher but only only eat under the or sleep under the under the kosher section, <coughs> the alternate sections of kosher and puzzle. This mission is again going to deal with that idea of alternating kosher and puzzle, and uh, seem to be talking about the totality of the sukkah. Let's take a look. You roof your sukkah, using the word roof as a verb, you roof your sukkah with shvudin, which are metal bars, which are clearly puzzle. They're a vessel, you don't, all by metal you don't need it to have a receptacle. Or with legs of a bed. Now legs of a bed are wood, okay, but there, it doesn't have a, number one, even when it's attached to the bed, it doesn't have a base keyboard, it doesn't have a receptacle, and if it's unattached from the bed, then they're not even sort of functioning as part of the bed. But a bed is, a, a bed is tamay. Now, it's interesting. Why the bed tamay? It doesn't have a receptacle. It's a flat thing. But it's interesting. Well, yes, but wood clay limb is only if it has a receptacle. So a bed is, might only be rabbinically tamay, and it's sort of like a table. Imagine a wood table. If you think about it, that's not technically a vessel right. because it doesn't have a receptacle. But something that is flat and broad and can be used for holding things, for, like, even though it doesn't have like a receptacle called a curvexestical that can accept liquid is at least rabbinically tamay. So when the legs are attached to the bed, they can become tamay as part of the bed. However, if you detach them, why they should be a problem is not clear. So the Gemara is going to get into that issue of why are the legs of the bed a problem. But for now, we'll assume the legs of the bed are a problem. If there is alternate airspace that, the, that is there with between them, it's kosher, if you fill that airspace with kosher schach. So again, if these are, again, the width here, if the black is your metal bars, before we had it as your plank, right? Okay, so these are your metal bars. If the space between them is equivalent to the space here, whatever this space is, if that's X, then this is also X. 
Okay? If the width is the same, the space between them, then it's kosher. Now, the question is going to be, like, why? Right? Again, you could say it's kosher, but don't sleep under the puzzle portion. Okay? But it sounds like the whole sukkah is kosher. Why is the whole sukkah kosher? A, shouldn't you need rov? Number, question number one, right? If you wanted to look at it as all good, you need rov. And number two, even when we say rov, it's when it's intermingled, and this isn't intermingled. So that's going to be the Gemara's question. But the Mishnah seems to be a continuation of the idea of the previous one, that as long as you alternate, you're okay. The last point is really a different Mishnah, which we quoted before, or we alluded to before. <laughs> if you hollow out a haystack to make a sukkah, you make it sort of like an igloo. And you know, sukkah, it's not good, because that's a classic concept. You do not put the roof on, you hollowed it out, and the roof became made by itself. Okay, let's first focus on the first part of the Mishnah. This issue that 50% is enough, right? Because that's also a finish. It didn't say if it's 51%. If it says if it's equal kosher space of kosher schach to puzzle schach. So that, that idea that 50% is enough should be a challenge to Rabbi the son of Rabbi Yoshua. The Itmar was taught. Let's say not a rooftop, but let's say a wall. You have a wall surrounding a place, a fence surrounding a place for, for Shabbos purposes, like to make it a Rosh Hashanah And you have gaps in the wall. And you have the block, the sort of, the, the, you know, the, the closed-off part of the wall is equ- exactly equivalent to the gap. You got the, you got the image, right? You have a plank of wood, open air. Plank of wood, open air as your wall. The piers and the omen are exactly 50%, e- e- exactly equal. Is it a kosher wall or not a kosher wall? So Rav Papam or Mutter, it's a kosher wall because at least the majority is not broken through, is, doesn't, is not a piers. Rav Hudabrid, Rav Yeshua, or Usher, it's forbidden. Okay, now, so there's a debate. Is 50% enough or not? Now, it's interesting, by the way, the Gemara explains the debate because it's a, a point that I sort of tell students is you know, it really makes a difference where if you describe the something, you say, here are the criteria you need to be kosher, A, B, and C, or you say, here are the criteria you need to be, for it to be puzzle, X, Y, and Z. Okay, I could describe any scenario in two ways. Which one is usually going to be, lead to a wider range of invalid cases? If I describe what you need for it to be kosher, or describe what you need for the criteria for it to be puzzle? Kosher, because I'm making demands for it to be kosher, so any sort of ambiguous thing is going to be a problem, right? If I say, no, here's what you need for it to be puzzle, right. Right. then any it's ambiguous thing will be okay. Right. So that's how the Gemara explains the issue of the wall. If you say the requirement is to be a wall, you have to, most, you have to basically seal in a place. So that means the majority has to be sealed. Anything that's at fifth, once it's not the majority, it's a problem. Or do you say, no, no, no. It's a wall unless, right, unless the majority is broken through. Okay, so 50% then is going to be okay. So this is a debate, what is the story by a wall? 50, exactly 50-50, okay or not. And the Gemara thinks, you know, take your wall and move it 90 degrees, you know, have it as a rooftop. And maybe it's the same idea here. Is this basically considered to be a roof of kosher schach? Maybe if the majority of it is, you, you know, even though it alternates, even though it's not a mixture, if the majority of it is, is roofed by kosher schach, that's considered a rooftop, or maybe not. It assumes it's the same debate. So according to the one who says by the wall, 50% is not enough, how does he explain this Mishnah? So Amalekha Ravuna, so Ravuna will say back to you, Braid Rav Yeshua, my Kimosan, what does it mean? It's an equal space between them. Benichnas Yosef doesn't literally mean equal. It means it can go, you can put something in and out easily. So there's a little extra space for putting in the kosher schach. So you could put in the size of a kosher schach 
equal to the size of the puzzle, which means the actual gap is a little bit bigger. Okay, so therefore you actually are going to have a little bit more kosher schach. Okay, so now the Gemara says, Aha, extra with something. Now, this is a big, <laughs> and thankfully we're saved by a huge tosos, because there's this big question whether it's ever possible, humanly, to determine something is exactly 50%. You could say, something. you know, we're never going to be able to measure things perfectly. So any halacha that deals with the question of what if it's exactly X really has to assume that we might be a little bit off and is really dealing with the question of what if it looks like it's exactly X, but it's never really going to be exactly X. Okay, and that's EFSHAL or something. As opposed to EFSHAL or something, says, no, you know, whatever it looks like, either you're physically able to do it or that is what it is in terms of the world in which we live. If that's how you measure it, then that's its halachic definition. And therefore, you can have something that's exact because we'll go by the way that you measure it. This huge process is to try to figure out how we poskin and contradictions and sugyas, whether we say EFSHAL or something or EFSHAL or something. So anyway, the way Rashi reads the question is, the way way Rashi reads the Gemara's question is, why do you have to say there's a little extra space, even though the Mishnah makes it sound like it's exactly the same? It must be you're assuming that um, that it's not possible to measure it exactly. So we're saying, uh, we really don't mean exactly the same. We mean a little bit more. But it is possible to be exact. And if the Mishnah says exact, we should assume we're talking about exact. So the Gemara's answer is, Amarav Ami Bimadis. Okay, it's not that it wasn't possible to be exact. It is possible. But you're intentionally adding a little bit extra schach. So again, it's really repeating the same answer, that the case in the Mishnah is that there's more kosher schach than Tassel. Rava Amar, Rava says, Even if the space is no bigger than the Tassel schach, the space, the air between them, even if the space is no bigger, this space is exactly the same. You're not intentionally adding extra kosher schach. But what we're talking about is these are long planks, and your kosher schach is going to be shorter, and your kosher schach is going to be supported. These are your cross beams, your puzzle schach. And your kosher schach is going to be supported like this. Well, guess what? If your kosher schach is supported like that, it's more than 50%. Right? Because you've got the extra amount that's needed to go over in order to support. Mm-hmm. So because we're talking about cross beams, therefore naturally an equal space here will mean more kosher. So the whole issue of something is irrelevant. In this case. In this right. case, right. Now I do want to say something that Tozos understands. Tozos actually says that there's a gears that EF Charlotte something as opposed to F Charlotte something. I won't work into the gears, but I do want to say that Tozos understands one of the questions of the Gemara is not just can you have 50% or 51%. One of the questions of the Gemara is really according to either approach. Even if you have 51% here, how is it kosher? It's not intermingled. It's all, like we discussed before, it's very nice you have 51%, but that's only when it's all one big unit, right? How does it, how does it become looked at as one big unit? And the answers are either the Madif, so Madif means, yes, you squeeze it in, but you squeeze it in so much that a little bit sort of rides up on top. Okay, that's one explanation. Like you really push it into a little rise up on top. Or you actually do it in the opposite direction. And because it's a little bit is covering and they're not 
just and they're not completely separate zones, you can look into this one unit and go by 50% or 51%. So that's interesting. For Tosos, the idea of being intermingled, so you go by the, the Rove rule, doesn't have to be completely intermingled. As long as it's a little bit riding on top, or a little bit being supported, that makes it intermingled, and that lets you go by row. You don't have to have the gear sub. What? The yeah, it's unrelated to the gear sub. What's the status when there's this overlap? Which uh, wins out? Well, that's the point. Well, the overlap here, you have a majority of kosher, because the kosher is more, because it's filling the same space and going over, so it's got... So, but it overrides that this puzzle under it. Exactly. According to this, the Tosa is a conclusion, because we're looking at it as intermingled now, not just a majority, but intermingled, you don't have to only sit under the kosher section. You can sit under all of the schach. Everything is judged by the majority, and it's looked at as kosher schach. Right. Even if it's okay. not literally intermingled. Right. Well, to some meaning, there's some overlap. There's an, there's an nice meaning... Some the overlap. Right. Right, exactly. Meaning that's a good point. Meaning even like this, right. it's distinguishable. Like, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you did this, right, and you did, if I only have flat arm. Phone my arm was a base keyboard. Anyway, okay, if you did this, right, so you can say if like in a formalistic way it's intermingled because one is on top of the other, as opposed to like this, they're not even on top. They're completely separate zones. But you are absolutely correct that even when it's on top, it's completely distinguishable. It's not like some homogeneous mass. Right? And nevertheless, so according to Tosos, this is a big Kiddush, uh, a very low threshold of what you need to be considered intermingled. And, it's, and once it's a little bit of an overlap, you can then go by rows. Okay, excellent. See that? Even with coming late, we're going to finish the doc. You can read the so, words for Hayab I see you guys are trying to prevent that. Yeah, right. go ahead. <laughs> you can read the words for Hayab something like a question, and that essentially means love right? No. Uh, yeah, I guess so, rhetorically. Right. Rhetorically. Okay. Let's look now at the next demora. O Baruchos Hamisa. Now, legs of a bed. Why are legs of a, ve- of a bed? Mikabal Tuma. So the says, Lema Misvayeya Lele Rabbi Ami Bar Tavyumi. Let's say this supports Rabbi Ami Bar Tavyumi. Dama Rabbi Ami Bar Tavyumi. Sichicha Bivlai Kelim Psula. If you use worn out garments, it's invalid. So this is a very important and practical halacha for Yechosukha. What if something was a vessel and is no longer a vessel? Is its history enough to make it rejected? It's not makabal to anymore, but rabbinically we might reject it. That's like shivre kalim, right? You broke something, it used to be a vessel. You can imagine that. Let's say you were breaking apart some old, I don't know, ca- cabinet or something, getting rid of your cabinet, breaking it up, and it was er- right before sukkah. So you say, hey, don't throw that out. Let's use that for schach, right? Can you use something that used to be a vessel? So he says, if you have old garments, it's invalid. So that seems to be the idea. The legs of a bed were a vessel when they were attached to the bed. Now they're detached. So they're really not Makapotuma, it's really like a broken bed, but the, oh, it still remains invalid because it used to be part of a clay. Let's say that's what's going on here. Not necessarily. So like, just like Rav Khan Amarebi says in explaining a Mishnah in Kalim, it deals with legs of a bed, that, we, that it would still be a vessel in the case of like it's a lengthwise segment of the bed with two legs or the short segment of the bed with two legs. So you've got your bed, right? That is like this, right? So when we say something can still be, he says, no, it's not just it used to be a vessel. It still is a vessel right now. Why? Because it's not just the leg. You actually cut the bed in half. So that's the long bed with two legs, or you cut it in half this way and you have the short end with two legs, and that actually is still usable for something. 
What's it usable for, we'll see in a minute, but because it's still usable for something, that section of the bed, therefore, it's going to remain a vessel. It's not just that it used to be a vessel. So let's see what he says. Pachanami the same way he said it's there by a Mishan Kalim. Here too, it's the same case. Either the long part of the bed was two legs, or where the short part was two legs. Now, where was that said? That's what we taught in the Mishan Kalim, Papa Shazan Madalif. A bed only becomes tame as one complete unit, and only becomes star as one complete unit. So, meaning if it became tame, you, have, you, you can't put it in the mikvah segment by segment. You have to put it as a whole unit into the mikvah, and it only becomes tame. Once it's in segments, it's no longer the same vessel, and it, can, and it cannot become tame. It's no, it's no longer a kli. That's what Rabbi Eliezer says. So Chachamim Omim and the Chachamim say mitamas evarim. It could still become tamei if it's in segments. Umitaheres evarim, and you can also put the segments in the mikvah. So it still is considered a bag even when it's segmented. Now, by the way, Tosos points out that we are dealing with a bed that's not really broken, but a bed that is made to be assembled. And when it's in segments, part of the reason the Chachamim say that these weird things are still vessels, besides how the Gemara is going to say they can be used in certain ways, is because also your plan is to reassemble the bed. So therefore, it partly still has its identity as a bed and as a clee because it's going to be reassembled. But, the, but you still need it to have some function now. So what function is it going to have in order to be considered a bed right now, or to, a, a vessel, even given that it's going to be reassembled? So, mind you, so what type of a segment of the bed would still become Tameh in its segmented form? So, mind me who? I'm Rebbe Khan and I'm a Rebbe. Arucha v'sheik rayim, k'tar v'sheik rayim, it's half of the bed. So, l'may chazio, what would you use that for? L'mishmachinu aguda, to support it on a wall. What were those things called? Are they mercy beds? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. So, yeah. you support it on a wall. U'lemesev alayhu, and to sit on it. U'mishti ashli, and to throw some ropes to, I don't know, to secure it. So basically, it means if you have a half the bed like this, you can take the half the bed and put it against a wall. Okay. So if it's a short part of a bed, you put it against a wall and you use it as a chair. If it's a long part of the bed, you put it against a wall. And if you're thin enough, you can lie down on it. Okay. So because you can still, now of course, the funny thing is, you can't use it like that. You need to support it with legs underneath. You need to tie it up. So that's why Tosa says it's not really a vessel on its own. It's that use plus the idea that you're going to reassemble it. So that's what gives it a status for the Chachamim of a vessel and the Kabbal Tumah. And that could be the explanation of the Mishnah, as opposed to the alternative explanation, which is, since it was a vessel, it remains invalid as Chach. And that question is still an open question, which we will continue to address as we continue.